This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Covered the PGA Tour also, hitting the green with <laughs> with uh, Jason Sobel and our friend Michael Collins, uh, Sobel and the caddy, Sirius XM, two to four. They steal money. Um, a lot of things I want to talk to you about, but... Look, look, Isn't it good to not start every show with what's the latest with Live Golf and all the controversy that dominated everything last year? Isn't it kind of refreshing just to talk about the game you love? Yeah, for a few days now uh, until we get to Augusta. And I think at least Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of Masters Week is going to be very much dominated by the Oh my goodness, can you believe that 18 live players, 20% of the field at Augusta National plays on a different tour, and these are not guys who are used to playing against the guys you've been watching on TV, and what a difference it is. You know, quite frankly, they've all played in golf tournaments. They're all used to playing golf. It's not going to be as different as I think everyone's going to make it out to be, but that's going to be, I think, storyline number one when we get to Augusta next week. Yeah, but we've already done that. We did that with the U.S. Open. We did it with the Open Championship. There's a couple of more players that will fall into that category, but at uh, at Brookline, it was Phil, it was Sergio, it was all these guys. So, in in a way, you know, I, I'm kind of over that, conver- uh, that, that controversy, if you will. There are other controversies. I know there's lawsuits being filed all day long, uh, between the two tours, PGA tours, countersuing live. Ultimately, uh, my guess is that all of these lawsuits will be dropped. Uh, the biggest, I think the biggest, I guess, negative to the live lawsuit is that they exist. They've proven that they can exist. So what's the point? What's the beef? If you can exist and you are still paying out, it's not the same. Maybe uh, they've had some other financial issues, but they're still paying out the purses, so what's the issue? What I find very interesting, and Adam, I bring this up because I know that you responded to the tweet thread and uh, started <laughs> going back and forth with a few people, is that I, I am trying to look at Live right now as its own entity, its yeah. own golf tour, which is what it is. They're playing golf, and so uh, let's look at them not as, you know, some – uh, defectors and outsiders that, you know, we're kind of gawking at them from uh, another place. Let's let's take a viable look at how they're playing and what they're doing. So I tweeted yesterday that of the 18 players who are on live, who will be in the Masters field next week, they've combined for 36 starts so far this year. They've only played two events, but they've totaled only five top tens in these 48-man fields, and none of them have two top tens. Uh, the most anyone has is one who's playing in the Masters next week. And, of course, I got all this vitriol you know, thrown at me like, you're just a sycophant for the PGA Tour. You're doing this. I, no, like literally, like I'm looking at it from a betting perspective. Hey, who do we want to look at from live moving forward towards the Masters next week? And the answer is I'm not really sure there's that guy yet. Now, they have another event this week. Yeah. I'm not sure how playing a muni course about five minutes down the road from my house here in Orlando is going to prep them for Augusta National next week, but good luck to them. And, uh, you know, I I will keep looking into who's playing well, who's not playing well, (laughs) and who might have a chance of winning a green jacket from Liv this year. Yeah, look, even last year, 
I mean, Phil obviously played poorly all year long, and I know he's played a little bit better, but it's still that's a that's not really a, a high bar to get over. Uh, but none of their best players, DJ. I mean, Cam came in late, but uh, DJ Bryson Sergio, if we can consider him one of the stars, none of those guys had consistently good performances on in those events. Um, now a lot of those guys were on major, you know, on top 20 and major championships. DJ looked like he might win the open championship really until the weekend. So, uh, it certainly would be in contention. So they need those stars. If that, if that's going to be a viable TV product, they need their stars to play well. And that just has not happened yet. Let me ask you about two other stars, Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler. That that had to be such a deflated, <laughs> deflating consolation match at the uh, match play. Not not only did did they look like they didn't really want to be there, but they both blew leads in the semifinals to get to yeah. the consolation match. What a downer that was! Yeah, I'm sure that at some point Rory and Scotty were walking down the you know second or third fairway and said to each other. Uh, can we just go good, good from here on in with the cash and have a share a third place? Like, uh, what are we doing here? I mean, right. they've already played six rounds. They're working on 120 something holes of golf in a week. And it's like, uh, look, I am not belittling the fact that first of all, TV needs something to show. And this is exactly why they play a constellation match. Right. Because if you get two of the world's best three players in that constellation match, you want to put them on TV. And I know there would have been a lot of people if, if there wasn't a third-place match saying, oh, my God, how come we're not watching Rory and Scotty right now? That would be amazing. And this is exactly why they did it. Of course, the match play uh, won't exist any longer, so I guess it doesn't quite matter anymore. Uh, but I do think there's, there's some sense of, you know, from those guys, hey, let's, you know, all right, we're, our week is finished. We're not going to win this thing. We, we've got plenty of money. We're just going to, you know, play for a little extra. It's almost like playing a, a side match for – few hundred thousand dollars between friends and then Mm -hmm. all right let's you know uh, let's rest up and and get ready for augusta next week because of course that's where the focus is for both of those guys and really for all of the top players out there right now jason sobel from the action network is joining us here on the adam gold show it bothers me that that event is going away i think it's a fun good necessary event because the format's different it's just a different feel to it I don't want that event to go away. Adam Gold here with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Are most of your clients hands-on or they just give you their money and let it work for them? About 90% give the money and then we meet every year and go through status reports, sure. have a financial pit stop, make sure everything's fine. It is like a puzzle, Adam, but for the next 10 of you, we'll solve your own retirement puzzle at no cost or obligation. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I'm with you. I, I've likened it on my radio show to, in a way, the WM Phoenix Open, because every year we get to Phoenix, and the players, by and large, say, I love it. I love the chaos, the mayhem that's here, the party atmosphere. Do you want to see it every week? No, absolutely (laughs) not. There's no way I want this every week. But one week a year, it's pretty good. I feel the same way about the match play, that uh, six times a year would be way too much match play on the PGA Tour schedule, but zero isn't enough either. We need to have something out there besides just the Ryder Cup and President's Cup each year and 
I, I struggle to figure out whether this was a great outcome this past weekend for the PGA Tour that they had four veritable superstars yeah. uh, playing on Sunday afternoon, or was this the worst possible outcome because they almost needed four guys who everyone looked at and said, ugh, this is a terrible semifinal and final, and I, I don't want to watch these matches. And they could sort of go off with a whimper instead of going off with a bang. Instead, I think they've got a lot of people riled up saying, wait, that was a whole lot of fun. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I watched for five straight days, seven matches for these guys at the end, and now we don't get to watch it anymore. I do think, Adam, the match play will be back in some form at some point. I hope they don't fool around with it too much. There's a lot of different uh, strategic elements that they could make alterations to. But, I, again, I, I hope it will be back. I think Austin Country Club, uh, the membership itself, was sort of over hosting a PGA Tour <laughs> event. They kind of wanted their course back. Sure. But that doesn't mean they can't go somewhere else. No, I mean, it, it hasn't always been held at Austin Country Club. Anyway, uh, final thing for Jason Sobel from the Action Network at Jason Sobel, T-A-N. Um, and I'll just on a kind of a lighter, fun note, Jason Day is back. He's in the Masters. So he, he was a, a factor this week at the match play. And Ricky Fowler is dangerously close to becoming... Maybe not what he was, but certainly a viable top 40-ish player on the PGA Tour. Uh, is there a chance that Fowler wins uh, this week at Valero that he can get into the Masters? I think that would be great. It would be certainly something worth watching. And just your thoughts on those two guys coming back. There's absolutely a chance that Ricky Fowler can win this week. There's one last golden ticket for the Chocolate Factory <laughs> next week, and the winner of the Valero Texas Open, if it's not one of the eight players already in the Masters field, will get that final ticket. Ricky Fowler is, depending on the book that you look at, either second or third, uh, shortest odds this week. And so, yeah, there's a very good chance. Uh, granted, it's a really difficult thing to look. It's difficult to win on the PGA Tour at any point, let alone when you absolutely have to win. And Ricky said last week at the match play, my main goal is to get into the Masters this week. There's no hiding that goal. There's no, hey, I'm just going after the consolation prize at T17 would be pretty good. No, Ricky's basically win or nothing. He wants to get out there and, and get into the Masters field for the first time since 2020. I think that's a very difficult proposition. Again, when winning is literally the only possible positive outcome for you at the end of the week, uh, yes, he can surely take some good vibes from another top 10 finish or top 20 finish. But really, when winning is the only thing you want to do, it's really, really difficult to win, especially when you haven't done it in a while. As for Day, I love how he's trending. I love where the game is right now. I, I would be just a, a little a little guarded, have a little trepidation moving forward after we saw, um, let's just say that illness that, that kind of crept up on I believe it was Saturday mm -hmm. during his quarterfinal match. It's uh, maybe not quite what it was. I've heard some things. I know some things. Let's just, you know, take a cautious look towards Jason Day as, as we move forward. But we've always been doing that <laughs> with That's Jason true. Day. Uh, it has been. And just to throw a little love at both guys, they were the poster children for Live Golf. Abs <laughs> like how they how they turned Live Golf down is for me a you may know you probably do know a lot lot more about the inner workings of that than I do 
Uh-huh. Uh, but the fact that both guys uh, did not go to that tour because they had to, they both had to rebuild their games, and it's it's a lot easier to take you know fifty to a hundred million dollars, and I have to imagine both guys would have been worth that to live golf for the attractions that they are. So uh, I just yeah. think I have a ton of respect for the fact that both guys are still playing on the PGA tour. I would say, I mean, my quick take on this, and, you know, I certainly haven't had these conversations with them, but I don't think Jason Day ever had the greatest relationship with Greg Norman and wanted to essentially go work for his league. And so right. I think that probably helped things up there because there are a, a number of other players who are represented by the same agency. And you can kind of follow the, the, the dots here. You can connect the dots when you look at agencies and managers and who left and who didn't, and there's a definitive line there. Um, and, and for Jason Day to not go, I, I think that's uh, sort of the connection is that, you know, you look at his relationship with Norman and say that that might have held, held him off from, from doing it. And that's, as far as Ricky, uh, look, for years, a lot of the, the public, the golf fans out there would sort of make fun, poke fun at Ricky for being on every single commercial of every broadcast <laughs> and being overhyped right. and overvalued. Well, that probably kept him on the PGA Tour because doing all those ads over the years put a lot of money in Ricky's pocket. And so uh, I'm guessing, again, just a guess, haven't sure. had this conversation with him, but I'm guessing that Ricky looked at it and said, you know what, I'm doing pretty well for myself. Let me try to make it out here as opposed to just kind of taking the money and running over, off the live. Yeah, and if live is uh, still a thing in five years, that'll, be, that'll still be an option. Uh, it'd be an option for a lot of guys. Who knows? Uh, Jason Sobot, appreciate your time. Uh, thank you, as always, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. The Masters is next week. I want Ricky to win at Valero it's in San Antonio this week so he gets into the Masters. He's so good for golf, as is Jason Day. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu.